Hi, I'm Tim Tarpley. This is my podcast, Level Up. Over the last several years, I was able to transform my life. I decided to share my journey in hopes of helping other people. So here we go. All right. Welcome, everybody. Uh, it's another episode of Level Up. And I've got um, a friend of mine as a guest, uh, Beth L. Casey. Did I say that right? You did. Good it's, job. It's so easy to say if you just go fast. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm just going to be honest. It's so hard to even describe what you do, but it's so amazing I know you for made you smile back. However, you go to your website and there's like, I feel like a lot of different downloads for free that are just amazing things, right? So it's like, you can't even, I don't even think it's fair to put you in that box of made you smile back because you have so many other incredible things. But, but, you know, how, how did you, how did you even get on this, this happy, um, trail i don't know what do you call it well um i'm actually a realtor and, and i'm pretty busy but uh, when things kind of slow down i've always had a passion of writing and i always felt like i had a story to tell tim um and so it started off as just wanting to cheer up people because i had been a survivor of acute postpartum depression clinical depression from time to time and even anxiety um and i have survived that and and no coping strategies that i wanted to pass on to um my client or readers and then also um i just am a mental health awareness advocate and i just felt like there wasn't any no judgment zone platforms whether it's websites or communities like facebook groups like achieving happiness that i have and so I decided, you know what, the internet needs a place where people can get resources and read blogs that are uplifting, cheerful, inspiring, encouraging, but yet are thought provoking and they don't hide from the subject matter. So I would like to think that um, I try to do my part in removing the stigma of mental illness. So that's what got me started. And um, I w am a baby boomer, so I started off back in the day.com, but they didn't have that domain. And for two months, I racked my brain around, well, if I'm going to do this, I need a really good name. And I think, you know how things happen for a reason. I think yeah, yeah. God aligned everything up. And then one day I just said, well, made you smile back. And ta-da, it was available. And on GoDaddy for $2.99. So majismallback.com was created in um, August of 2018. And I just dabbled with it. And then when I got pretty good traffic and response, I thought, you know what? I need to make this a little bit more polished, more professional. And then I hired a web developer to get it really polished up and and all that stuff and it's just kind of grown 
through through these years. And then I found out that not only do I like to write, I also like to create original thought-provoking quotes. So every day on my Facebook group, you guys will see one or two thought-provoking quotes and they're always um, to make you think, you know what I mean? Um, and then after that, my I was encouraged, Beth, you have a story to tell, write a book. So my first book was The Power of Unexpected Miracles. And it was when I was going through that acute postpartum depression during the birth of my third daughter. And it was during that time and falling down deep, deep, deep into that rabbit hole of depression and then climbing out of it with therapy, meds, and my own positivity and stuff like that. I What ended up happening is that I, I went to the keyboard and at that time was American Online. I don't know if you're my age, but it was AOL, not Google yet. Yeah. And I remember typing on the, the keyboard, I just want to be happy again. And only the only websites that came up were the um, psych psychological, uh, psychology orientated websites or like Mayo's Clinic. And what they provided was the symptoms and the treatments and information about various types of mental illness, more specifically depression, right? And then there was other websites that were, um, they wanted to uh, have a survey or questionnaire. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I don't need a questionnaire or a survey to know that <laughs> I'm depressed. Yeah. I don't need to tell me that I am because I already know that I am. What I was searching for, what I was looking for was a platform, a community where I could go in and say, hey, look, is anybody else experiencing postpartum depression or, depre or anxiety? What did you do? Um, did you go through therapy? Uh, what treatments did you do? Did you take meds? What kind of, you know, all of this, but there wasn't anything there. So when I created madeyousmileback.com, I made a promise to myself that I wanted to uh, give another resource out there in the online community where people can go in a non-judgment zone. And that's why a Facebook group, Achieving Happiness, it's private. And, um, and then I started doing Facebook Lives, <laughs> taking uh, question and answers from people that are struggling with everyday life struggles. Um, and, and then the first thing that I did was I want to be just happy again. That was the name of the, the Google search. Um, and I took, I have about like 70 blogs. I took 16 of the best ones and I created this book. And it's on Amazon. You can get it even at Walmart for crying out loud. Uh, with the ISBN number, and um, I joined NAMI, National Alliance of Mental Illness, as you know, in Trent County in Texas, and I've been given invitations, like from you, um, for podcast interviews, motivational speaking, and then the the last thing that's really encouraging is that, you know, you know Half Price Books, right? Yeah, yeah. Half Price Books, there's about, like, maybe 25 franchises all over the Dallas-Fort Worth they support local authors. Now they don't carry my book on their on there, but they have invited me to do book signings at each and every 
single one of them, um, which I find incredible opportunity. I never thought that this would take off like that. So that's where I'm at. I'm having a ball. I still do real estate, but I really, my passion is with Made You Smile Back, and I really, really want to be known for that and not as someone selling real estate. Yeah. So, well, and I mean, you've, you've heard this that, you know, you find something you love and you really do it, you know, do it well. You really enjoy it. You don't have to work a day in your life. You know, we've all heard that. And that's the thing is, I, I mean, I've discovered it in my life that you just keep doing what you do best and you love. The money shows mm -hmm. up like eventually that ends up being your job, you know. Well, I'm, I'm waiting for that to be discovered and uh, breakthrough, but I'm very happy where I'm at. I, the most uh, rewarding thing that has come out of all of this is from time to time getting private messages from people from all over, all over the world even. I'm helping a, a young lady from India now um, that thank me. I'm so glad you wrote this article. It, it, it is spot on. I needed to hear this at this time, you know, and that just thrills me to death. So I will not stop what I'm doing. I promise you, Tim. I will keep yeah, yeah. going. Well, um, and it's it's so crazy. You said that, and it just like so many memories popped in my head. And you know, like it's I think so many people are depressed and they don't yeah. they they just won't admit it or they're afraid to be weak or whatever. And and I did this thing years ago that I'm only admitting right now wow. to this world, right? That I that I that I did. And uh I was feeling um, anxiety, depression, but just the gamut of those things, right? Where I, you just don't know what to do. And I remember well, I, I just, yeah. And I remember I just kind of hit the pause button and I said to myself, this is not how I'm going to go, right? Well, then I use that more jokingly, but anytime I was afraid or nervous or anything else, around the world, I would always just joke to my friends, no, that's not how I'm going to go. Like people would say, well, aren't you afraid of that? I'm like, no, that's not how I'm going to go. Like that's kind of been my, my go-to statement, but that's kind of where wow, it came from it. for me. Yeah. Now then none of us really know how we're going to go, but people then go, well, how are you going to go? And I'm like, I can't say it's because I don't know, you know, but, but yeah. not that way, <laughs> not that way. Um, Wow. That's, I mean, that's just so, it just sounds so fun, you know, cause I, you know, years ago, a couple of years ago, there was a lot of crazy business on the, on the Twitter and all that stuff. And the world just started losing their mind. Yeah, and I, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, I decided I was going to every day post something positive. And it was one of those things. Yeah. You're taking stuff from other things that you see. You're like, Oh, I like that saying from that poster, whatever then eventually they do just start kind of making themselves up in my brain. But right. I got to where I'm over three years now doing this every morning. And every time I, I think, why am I doing this? No one cares. I'll get a message just like that from someone going, I really needed to hear that. I'm like, well, shit, now I got to keep going. You know, like it's one of those <laughs> things I can't stop now, but it's, you know, it's just kind of a, just knowing that just one person might be helped, I got to keep it up. And it becomes, it becomes pressure sometimes because the other day. But it's a, it's a good pressure. Yeah, okay. yeah. To, to 
people want to hear you. They love you. They engage with you. They want to hear your messages. Right. And the right amount of pressure makes a diamond, right? So it's pressure can be good. You're and leveling it's so funny. up. <laughs> yeah. And it's so funny. The other day, I, I was late on my post. I'm usually posting 4.35 in the morning. And I was late. Yeah. And someone actually commented on my my Facebook page. They said, uh, where's this this positive comment I've been waiting for? Uh, you know, this quote I've been waiting for all day. I was like, oh, geez, it's coming. Like, hold on. You know, this is one of those things. I just, it hadn't come to me yet. And I, you know, but wow, that is like, I just, I just, so yeah, it's, I just find it so incredible what you're, I always call it when I force got my way into situations, right? Like I just wake up and next thing you know, I'm doing this thing and it's, you know, changing the world. Right. But it's like, you've kind of stumbled your way into this and it was, it's your calling, you know, it's like everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. Right. I, I, I think, yeah, but I think God puts people in our life path. Like, like for my, my first story, when I was in postpartum and when I had, it was the rudeness of a stranger that actually probably contributed the most in saving my daughter's life and mine. Um, and that really hit me hard that, um, I don't know if everybody, um, believes in miracles or their own faith and that type of thing, but we're all in incredible miracles because we are one in 400 billion people. And it's, and you know what, Tim, it's not just about, uh, when we were born the date or the time. It's who our parents are. It's who our grandparents are. It's who your aunt and uncle, such as our cousins, our brothers and sisters. It's who the friends we go to school with, the people we meet and work, our ex-boyfriends, our girlfriends. Um, anybody can be in your timeline. And if it wasn't for the fact I was born in 1957, where I was 41 at 1990, and that I had two previous C-sections that forced me to have a third C-section and to be in a hospital environment. At the time my daughter was born, when they opened me up, the entire placenta was on top of the uterus. They had six minutes to get my daughter uh, delivered without oxygen deprivation and cerebral palsy. And then they stitched me up. Well, they should have done a hysterectomy, but they didn't. And in post-recovery, I hemorrhaged and I lost nine units of blood and had a six hour life-saving hysterectomy, ended up two weeks in the uh, hospital, coming home and then suffering major acute postpartum depression. And when I was home isolated and going through everything that I did, I went back through every little thing that happened. And one of the things that happened was about six weeks before the birth of my daughter, I started having really bad pain. Are you a father by chance, Tim? I am. Yes. Okay. Yes. So you've been through it. So um, called him, uh, called my doctor and said, you know what? You need to go to the emergency room. need to figure out what's going on. I did. They gave me a Demerol. It didn't take the pain away. So they decided to keep me overnight because they wanted to do um, exploratory surgery to see what's going on. And so while I was there, this, you know how you, the, the hospitals here, they have the little curtains, you know, but they're not really private. You, you can still hear everything. Well, this nurse came in to give me an IV and I, and I hate IVs. And I told her, I don't, I don't 
I don't really want one if I don't have to have one. She goes, well, it's not up to me. It's because the doctor said you needed it. So I said, okay, whatever. So she left. And when she left him, she was behind that curtain. And there was another nurse. I heard every single word she said. And you know what she said? I don't know what all the fuss is. She's just an old mother and probably passing gas. Well, she, she upset me so much that I, I, I got so upset that I told my husband, I go, I want, I'm going home. I don't want to stay. I don't, I don't want to go. Because at that time, that the pain that I was experiencing, um, it dissipated. It went away. And I said, I'll, I told my husband, take me home. So he took me home and I said, I promise I'll, I'll sign the waivers. I'll stay on the couch and I'll go to my primary care physician the very next day. And I did. And I went six more weeks to 37 weeks. And then when I was in the hospital and they discovered I had placenta percuta, that is the highest mortality rate for a maternal birth. Um, that right there was a miracle in itself. Well, when I was in, we cut two weeks in that crazy hospital, this doctor came and she said, Beth, do you remember? Well, first of all, you need to go buy a lottery ticket. I go, why is that? She goes, because for you to have survived and be in a hospital is incredible odds that you survived and your daughter being completely healthy. But do you remember when you came to the hospital weeks earlier and you signed yourself out? And I go, yeah, I do. She goes, well, I was the doctor who was going to do exploratory surgery the next morning. And I'm telling you right now that if you had not left that hospital and I had done that surgery, more than likely your daughter would have been aborted. And that just put chills through my spine and, and it made me realize that through the rudeness of a stranger can be a miracle in the works. So, we, uh, so at the end of my first book, I said, so when you're out and about in the grocery store or here and there and you overhear someone talking, don't be so judgmental. Be open-minded because it could be a miracle in the works because I just felt like God was nudging her to say what she said, knowing it would provoke me to say, I want to leave. I know. I, and because I had that story to tell and then I survived and got out of that stupid dang gong rabbit hole. I decided that I, I, I had a message and I wanted everybody to know that they're unique and special and there is a purpose for your life. Um, and that's how it all evolved, actually. My gosh, I, like seriously, I have goosebumps still coming. Like that's just, I mean, that's so amazing. I think some people are just not present or aware enough. Like they don't listen to all the little signs, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I've worked with clients before and they're one of their requests was they wanted to become closer with God. And I'm like, look, you're close to God. You just need to shut up and listen at this point. Like just <laughs> he's pointing you all these clues and, and directions and you're not paying any attention. Like just just yeah. stop for a moment, you know, and I think that's where we just go get so crazy in our head. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like it's you know, it's, it's just like the best kind of 
move your show that you know this thing happened kept this person late they're in a bad mood they said that to you like it's just like wow i mean it's just you can't write that you know i mean i guess you could but yeah um i said actually to tell you the truth i submitted it to reader's digest remember reader's digest i do have these little um stories well they took my story and they they caught they entitled it the rudeness of a stranger and, and then the miracle that was invoked by that so oh my gosh um, what if, i'm like what if she sees this and then she has no idea it's actually her like that's where my brain keeps going down oh the, you mean the stuff. person who yeah <laughs> i don't know i never i never met her before and you know what it was right here in arlington uh, yeah Matlock, um, like she you could be your neighbor right now yeah like she could be your neighbor right now like it's such a small <laughs> world <laughs> wow um yeah i just think that's I don't know. It's one of those things. I don't, I don't know what it's called, but it's like you don't notice the white car till you own a white car. And then you see white cars everywhere you go. It's just once it's you're aware of it, then it's there. And I think I, that's I think, I think you nailed it on the head. We're so distracted with everyday life that we fail to live in the moment. Yeah. And though and if we live in the moment, we'd be more aware of what's taking place behind the scenes. And yeah. appreciate the small stuff and be grateful and and uh, and all that good. But yeah, right. I'm talking we're neighbors. I know we're neighbors like 15 miles away or 10 minutes. I don't even know how far it is. Um, but it's funny. It's like we're so. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're so worried and focused about their social media and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And I finally had to say. You really can't worry about it because the algorithm is now in charge. Like we don't, you don't know who sees your, your stuff, unless you have 10 friends, you don't know who's going to see your things, but yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, the, just the environment, the culture we live in, you know? So, wow. Um, that is just like, you blew my mind with that story. I was not expecting that at all. I was expecting something totally different. And you, you just rocked me with, I mean. Oh, well, thank you. Like, like I, I, uh, I think because now we're, we're still in, in this crisis mode of the COVID pandemic and now this variant strain, but I, there is such a thing now. It's called COVID-induced fatigue, COVID-induced depression, isolation, and anxiety. And that was one reason why I wanted the book out was how to find yourself again while facing everyday life struggles. And we are all struggling. I don't care yeah. who anybody is. We crave uh, connection. And this Zooming is fine. And virtual hug and all of that and texting and all that and communication and stuff is good. But there's nothing that can replace the one-on-one -on -one uh, connection that you have. When I was able to first hug my niece and nephew, I mean, really embrace them. It brought tears to my eyes because I hadn't been able to do that for over a year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's one of those things, you know, I, um, you almost have to, you can hide away in your house. You can, you know, wear a mask and you can do everything you can to protect yourself or so you think and still get COVID, still die. Like you have to almost think, you almost have to think, do you really want to spend your last moments fearful of everything out there? You know, it's like, and, 
And and Tim, I just remembered you experienced firsthand the tragedy. Oh yeah. I I got to see what really matters on your deathbed. Like that's that was my huge takeaway. Like my parents were like, "We're ready to go. We're eighty plus. Like it's time. Clocks clocks run out." And they were okay with that. My idea was the world media spun it as this great love story. And my last interview on the news, I said, look, love didn't make their two hands attract and pull each other across the hospital to each other. The worker took it upon themselves to make this happen. That's oh, the hospital, what the story's about. Uh, yeah. Fine. Yeah. Oh, that's, God. and I'm like, I'm friends with the hospital workers on Facebook. Like I'm connected to these people, you know, like it's, it's just such a cool thing to be connected like that, but I'm still, everything happens the way it's supposed to happen. You know, like you can be sad, you can cry. Like it's, it's an emotion. It's okay to feel that, but mm -hmm. I'm not worried. Like I told people, that's not how I'm going to go. Yeah. That's, I'm not worried about I, it. You, you know, yeah. I'm not going to do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it, but it's just one of those things you gotta, you gotta just really choose your quality of life. And if this is your last day, how do you want to spend it? You know? And it's it's tough to be that strong and not be just terrified of things. I mean, I've got an aunt who my mother's sister, she basically stayed in the house for well over a year. She's had the vaccine. She still hides from the world, you know, so oh, really? she's she's so getting she's the isolation. All of her, yeah, she's just like, I'm not going anywhere. And I'm like thinking, you haven't seen your grandchildren in almost two years. Like when what's going to happen? Like it's at what point is you know, yeah. do you just go, okay, I'm tired of this, but yeah. And, and nobody's home is that nice that they love just being sequestered in it, you know? So we live in crazy times. That's for sure. We do actually, you might more, know, of, you might know ahead. of a home that's worth staying in because, you know, you do sell them. Right. So you might know of that home that's worth living in forever. Um, it's, it's amazing. Well, first of all, housing market here in Dallas, Fort Worth, it's crazy amid COVID. Who would have thought? I was thinking my career was going to be derailed. And I was like, I'm so glad I'm a professional blogger because I have something to fall back on to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but things don't last forever, you know, and you, you have to be mentally and physically prepared for anything that's unexpected. But you have to position yourself how are you going to best respond, not react, but respond to your life situation? Yeah. And I think you have to be, you have, we got to be adaptable to, you know, to all this, but it's like, you probably have seen the market flood of realtors, right? Like there's, Oh yeah. Whenever someone I see posts on Facebook, Hey, does anybody know of a, a realtor in town? I want to say, do you not have friends? Because I can name 20 of my friends who have become realtors in the last year. And I'm thinking, that's not all it's cracked up to be. I used to be a mortgage broker. So I got uh, to deal with realtors on an everyday basis. There's the ones that are long-term and the ones that are just here for a short time and they go on. Yeah. They yeah. move on to something when they, else. When they find out how hard it is, it's not just about opening the door of a house and showing the house like HGTV. There's yeah. a lot more to it. And and you don't get paid until closing. There's 30 days and you've got to get it through inspections. You've got to get it through financing approval, underwriting. You've got to go the distance. 
And there's so much that goes behind the scenes that a lot of people don't know, especially new realtors that think they're in it to make a quick buck and it's easy money. It is, it is not. It requires a lot of hard work and dedication. And, I, you know, there are those few that get their license within a short time. They get that big che- paycheck. They think it's easy. And I'm thinking you're never going to know what it's really like or be long term because you are going to think it's easy. You know, you have to be punched in the nose a few times before you realize you don't like that, you know? So, yeah. 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 Wow. Well, um, is there anything else you want to, I don't even know how long we've been going. I don't remember what time we started. I usually keep track, but you have distracted it's, it's me so much. It's about 30 minutes. You've distracted me so much with all your information that I'm just like, I'm blown away. I was blown away when I met you. And so I'm still blown away. And this is to, 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 we had someone, this, this, we were in a class together. I, I don't remember what the class was yeah. about. I'm in so many classes. It was something like level up with Jenny Friedman. Well, and here's what's so funny is Jenny came up with that group and then I, didn't pay attention. And I was like, okay, I figured out the name for my podcast level up. She goes, are you, are you joking? I'm like, no, why? She goes, um, that's the name of your group you're in. I'm like, oh, no idea. Like I, I didn't pay attention. You know what I paid for? Like, I'm just like, just, I just, okay, Jenny, and I just do it. Right. But we had someone in that class who had changed her life completely. She was driving a school bus. And she was a clown. Like it was kind of one of these cool, do what you want, fun stories. And yet you blew me away by your, your, your happy stuff, you know? So it's like, and you're local. So, you know, it's always fun. Well, what it wasn't all, it it was, it didn't start out being happy. You know, and I'll say this one thing too. And for your audience, I don't care who anybody is. There, uh, there is no such thing as a beaver cleaver, happy family. Okay. All of us experience depression. All of us from time to time have anxiety or sadness or isolation or grief. And all of us probably have a little bit of dysfunction in our family that could be um, considered mental illness or mental health fitness that you need to be aware of. Um, So that was the biggest thing that I came back when I decided to do all of it was, I want people to not, it's okay not to be okay. It's okay to reach out when you're not feeling happy any longer and you need need support, you need resources. Um, And that's why I just want to do my part and continue to, um, to try to remove the stigma of mental illness and have a platform for people to come to. So I appreciate you asking me to come on. But it, live and this with just you. this just hit me like it it, it but it's it, it doesn't matter where you were. It's like where you end up is what mm-hmm. really happened. You know, it's like it it's just the perfect problem. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's it for this one, guys. And I'll put um, a link to all your stuff in the in the the notes and the bio stuff in the for the this episode, so everybody okay. can click and find you, download all your nine million um, books that you have on there, which I love that. 
Well, a lot of them are free, guys. So that's what I mean. Like the download for free. That's crazy. But I love that. So thank you. Anyway. All right, guys. We'll see y'all next time. Bye.